The 49ers are the best in the NFC. They may even be best in the NFL. Yeah, I said that. We're going to talk about that right here, and I got my man Larry Kruger here to break it down for you guys. Let's have a great show. Larry's in the building. Here we go. Breezy this, breezy that. They know I'm gold, but I got the Niners on my back, you know. Breezy this, breezy that. Ain't nobody working like Breezy, and that's a fact. Larry is hey, in hey. the building. What's going on, bro? What is going on, man? Nice, uh, warm day here on the West Coast. I know you're on the East Coast. We're going coast to coast. Well, sound the alarm. That's what I like to hear, baby. It's warm here, too. Uh, it's a little chilly, but warm at the same time. Very good spring weather. Summer's almost here, so I'm happy. It'll be warm, warm. I don't know about you, but over here on the East Coast, when it gets like hot, it's like sticky muggy hot and no one gets along everybody's mad at each other you got to do air conditioner the whole time it's just really nasty what is it like out there on the west coast when it gets hot well yeah i mean i I live here in walnut creek and it gets hot hot like you know 95 to 100 and 110 i mean it could be anywhere in there uh through a lot of the summer but you know the nice thing breezy is that it's like we're not that far from like the Delta breezes. So like you can get like a hot day, but most nights you'll get that the the cool air at night. So it cools down in the evenings. It's not like Arizona, but it's funny because uh, my sister lives in Farmington, Connecticut. She sent me a picture of her backyard the other day. She had a bear walking around. There's literally a bear walking around yeah, in man. her backyard in Connecticut. Listen, sometimes you'll find them walking across the street like depending on where you are, it's rare, but they're here. And uh, beware, because I don't know what to do when you see a bear. I mean, I think what, what's the saying? If it's black, you I forgot. If it's don't, brown, you don't run, right? Don't run. Is that the deal? Well, well, one of them is you don't run, and the other one is you play dead. Which one? I don't know. I don't remember the saying. I, I was watching Cocaine Bear, which is the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my entire life, but I actually enjoyed it because it was that dumb. And they had the little <laughs> saying about the, the <laughs> I can't even believe I said that. Someone said uh, stop, drop, and roll. Well, one of and them is. I think is that's when like, you're on fire. I think that's when you're on fire. Yeah, that's definitely fire. But if it's like, if it's brown, lay down. And if it's black, don't look back. I don't know. I'm making it up. Uh, somebody, I'm sure they probably know the sayings uh, uh, out there, the bear. I, I heard when you see a bear, though, if it gets aggressive for certain bears, I think it's the black bear, you're supposed to get aggressive back. Can you imagine no. a bear going, Rawr, and then you'd be like, Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> man, just watch out for those. Watch out for the uh, the swipe, though, because, man, the, the, those guys don't trim their nails and you, then they'll take your head off your shoulders. Look, I'm not I'm not messing with any bears uh, unless it's the bears. Uh, and unfortunately, we lost to them last season. All right, Larry, look, we have a really good show for everybody. I'm glad that you could be here this week. Um, I had a show earlier this morning, kind of talked about, you know, the 49ers and how I felt they're going to be making to look to run it back, you know, to get back to where they left off that NFC championship game. Here we're playing the NFC East, the NFC West, and I want to get your expertise on how you feel we're going to dominate the NFC or if we don't dominate the NFC, uh, the schedule has been set. We haven't gotten a chance to go through it. So let's go through and we'll focus on the NFC games. But before we get down to the get down and have some good old talk, 49er football talk, uh, I definitely 
definitely got to shout out the Breezy Bunch members. Jax is in here. She says, hey, Wayne and Larry and the faithful. Hope you guys have a great show with great 49er content. Peachy is saying good afternoon, everyone with Breezy and Krug. You know it will be a great show. Hashtag the BB. Take six as well. Marty Mar Empire with the hashtag BB. Uh, let's see how many of the other Breezy's Bunch members are in here. Shout out to everybody that's tuned into the show. We truly appreciate it. Thank you for your support. Guys, if you're not subscribed to Larry's channel, I put it in the description of the show. It's All you got to do is click on it. You click on it, and you go click again, and you subscribe. So it's super simple or, or whatnot. Larry, you were at the... Um, the the rookie minicamp. Yes, and I was. I can't wait to hear your takes on some of the things that went down at, at the rookie minicamp. I want to know who your favorite interviewee or interview was. Uh, you know, I want to know like what you saw uh, out of some of those rookies that are going to be there and. I'll make it as spicy as you can, uh, because I want to get the, the good old Larry Kruger intake. Uh, but we have a quick announcement before we get to that. Yeah. The Wayne Breezy channel, round of applause to everybody out there, has just reached 3K. And Larry, you just reached 18K? 18K last so, night. Wow. Congratulations to Larry and his channel as well. Hey, Larry, what I'm going to need you to do with the crew show is get 15K of yours and just tell them to come on and over here and just subscribe to the Wayne Breeze. I'm not as good looking as you, but I promise them I'll bring the energy. Well, uh, you know, that's why, you know, that's part of the reason why I attached you on there because, you know, you're a part of that. We're going back and forth, uh, you know, Wednesdays at 5 Eastern, you know, this week, my my show, my channel, next week, your channel, going back and forth. We've been doing it for a few months and we've missed a couple, but we've been pretty faithful to it. And absolutely, I want everybody in the in the Krug Show Nation to uh, sign up for Breezy and uh and then, you know, if, if it's if it's cool with you, you know, I'm, I may pull a cut off of our our, you know, our our show today and and put it out on my channel. And it's always cool. And it's, we'll it's, you know, I'll get my kid, Kevin, who's in college, who helps me with some of my videos. Yeah. I'll get Kev to throw some love to the uh, to the Wayne Breezy extravaganza. All right, Larry, I appreciate you. You get the fall. That's a touchdown for you. Bro. I appreciate that. <laughs> Happy birthday. Shout out Cleveland Farrell. Uh, Farrell, how do you say his last name? Farrell, right? I think it's Farrell. Yeah, Cleveland yeah, Farrell. Farrell. Um, I have a really, you know what? I have a really good friend of mine whose last name is Farrell, and I never put the connection together. So I'm gonna have to hit her up and ask her: Is she somehow related to Cleveland Farrell? If so, mm, I didn't even think about it. Oh man, so slow. But happy birthday to Cleveland Farrell and anybody else's birthday out there if it's your birthday happy birthday now what i normally do here on the show larry if somebody says that their birthday is today and it has to yeah. be today i would bust out with the vocals and sing a little bit of happy birthday but since nobody's doing that we're going to keep it moving larry let's get to rookie minicamp bro yeah i uh first of all before you talk about it, tell me what rookie minicamp is like i've never been and many of us haven't been there but you get to go there uh and you get the good old insight so tell us what it's like what's the experience like well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not, you know, and when I would, I, first of all, you got to figure out who's there and like exactly wh who's there and who's not there. So like it was first and second year players, but like there was no Brock Purdy, there was no Spencer Burford, there was no, um, Drake Jackson, you know, not all oh. of the second year players. I get the feeling that it's about 
second it's it's about first year players tryout players and guys who were for, or who were second year players but were on the practice squad because gotcha. that and and I think you have maybe there's the rule state you have to be on the practice squad for a certain amount of games because like Samuel Womack for example um <clears throat> he was not there he's a second year player but he wasn't there but like Quantrez Knight was there so Quantrez was on the practice squad so I think it's about practice squad players in their going into their second year or rookies or undrafted rookies or tryouts so okay. that's that's the makeup of the roster um, and then they're out there with no pads. It's in just, but they have helmets. So they're out there with helmets, shoulder pads, and shorts. And they're usually running the 49ers system somehow. Um, they, it starts just like a normal practice with stretching and then individual drills. And then they go to, um, you know, the next drill, which would be like, you know, Maybe the receivers catching passes from the from the quarterbacks and uh, the running backs being handed off, you know, balls by somebody who's pretending to be a quarterback, and then then it gets into the team play. Um, and even so, you don't have eleven on eleven because you don't have enough. At least in this camp, you didn't have enough offensive or defensive line, uh, linemen. So it's like more like a seven on seven portion of team okay. team portion. Um, and it's really just to shake the rust out, see, you know, guys moving in your system, getting the beginning of the teachings of your system out and, um, trying to kind of establish what your culture is. A lot of like the second year players, uh, breezy, um, kind of take the lead. So give you an example when the receivers were doing their individual drills, Tay Martin was leading the way. Why? Because, you know, there's no Ayuk, no Debo, no Juwan Jennings, no Danny Gray, no Chris Conley, no Ray Ray McLeod. And Tay is like the one guy who's been in the system and has practiced with the team. So he's kind of like the leader. And so at receiver, it was Tay, Ronnie Bell, Isaiah Winstead, Daz Anusum, Shea Wyatt, and like two or three other guys who worked out, um, you know, who were not signed or at least not signed yet. So that's how it went. And, 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 you know, there were a number of, of uh, real positive things that stood out. I always look for, you know, the first thing you're looking for is the obvious. Like, is somebody in awesome shape or is somebody in terrible shape? And we did see Joey Fisher. If there was one negative, it was Joey Fisher, who was their highest rated undrafted free agent signing. They gave him like $130,000 guaranteed. Fisher was out there, but he had to stop with about 25 minutes left in practice to uh, because of heat. And it was only 74 degrees. So that was like, uh-oh, I don't know about that. But, you know, it's going to be 95 in, in camp, and they're going to be wearing pads this summer, and it's going to be a whole lot more intense than what it was at rookie minicamp. But he couldn't finish. So that, okay, that, that wasn't a great sign, but I'm, it's not a disaster either. You know, a lot of these guys, um, you're traveling, you're flying. Um, you know, I mean, the guy ran four nine zero and had 40 reps on the bench. So it's not like he's out of shape, fat body. He, um, you know, and there are guys that show up at minicamp, like disgustingly overweight. He wasn't, he just, for whatever reason was bothered by the heat. So if there was an overwhelming negative, I would guess it would be Joey Fisher, uh, just from the standpoint, he couldn't finish the workout. 
So I'm glad you brought that up, bro, because, you know, people were asking me about Joey Fisher. Was he able to return? And I didn't know if there was an injury or or what it was. And you just brought clarification. Maybe it was just dehydration and whatever it was, he had to come out. So he uh, took a knee. They put some cold towels around his neck and then they had a trainer over by him. And then he just stood out, stood on the sidelines for the rest of it. It's not a huge deal. It's not. It's not. Okay. It's not ideal, but it's not a huge deal, um, especially not for a big guy who probably just got off a flight, you know, and who knows what he was doing. Maybe he was trying to maybe he's you know, it's all usually there's usually something there's something there that caused it. He either took the wrong supplement or you know what? He fasted trying to drop to a certain weight level or, you know, there's always there's some story that probably behind his dehydration so i don't put a lot into it but that was the one the one negative the only other negatives if you want to call them that d winters didn't look like yeah um, talk about it he was not quite in the shape that i mean he's a short guy he's a 511 230 pound linebacker who you know he doesn't have a big frame so any extra weight shows he's probably carrying five to seven extra pounds around he wasn't didn't look awesome, uh, but didn't look bad. Just didn't look like the electric player that we saw in that in that national semi against Michigan, where he was the best player on the field, shooting gaps. Um, and the other guy that was just looked okay to me was Cameron Latou, the tight end from Alabama. I mean, his body was fine, his conditioning was fine. Um, he just didn't look. He just didn't look. I mean, he didn't look like a third round pick to me. I mean. Um, I think he'll make the team. I think Braden, Braden Willis, on the other hand, looked really good. Uh, but um, I, I thought Latou, you know, he's he's a big kid, pretty athletic looking, but he doesn't he doesn't it doesn't seem like he runs that fast. He didn't seem that strong. He just seemed just nothing really stood out about him. He was there, but it wasn't like he didn't distinguish himself in any of the drills or any of the movements where you looked at him and said, oh, you know what? They got something there. Where Braden Willis looks more like a fullback body wise, but man, he can catch and he's got he's got sticky hands and he's a try hard blocker and you can see his kind of emotional he's an, he's an emotional player he's a fiery leader type of a guy so he kind of stood out um, the guys who really stood out positively Ronnie Bell didn't look like anything breezy in the in in the uh, individual drills but when we got to the team drills. Ronnie Bell made three or four really nice catches. He's a gamer, bro. So he's got hands, man. He's a gamer. He's got ball skills and hands, and I think that's going to be a good competition. It's going to be, you know, Ayuk, Debo, Jennings, um, those three are locks. Then it's probably Danny Gray and Ray Ray McLeod competing for the speed spot. Um, And then you probably have Conley, Tay Martin, Willie Sneed, Ronnie Bell, Isaiah Winstead, and everybody else competing for maybe one spot. But based on what I saw out of Ronnie Bell, he's going to give he's I would say and I think Tay Martin is going to have a great camp. But Ronnie Bell made the kinds of catches that that I expect to see from Tay Martin. So um, so we'll see I, if you ask me to make a prediction, I would say Ayuk, Debo and Jennings make it. I think Fox. Danny Gray probably makes it. And then it comes down to who gets that final spot. And is it, it could be Ray Ray McLeod like it was last year. And they could go with the same five or it could be Ronnie Bell or it could be Tay Martin. 
So are you are you thinking it's going to be five? Because I got I'm thinking they're going six this time. Well, I would think six two, but then this is uh, they're very deep at running back, and we know they're going to keep three um, quarterbacks. So I would say it's much more likely that they'll and like if you said predict it right now with like your you know everything you own you know on the on the line. I'll say Ayuk, Debo, Jennings, Danny Gray, and Ray Ray McLeod are your five. Yep. And Ronnie Bell is is uh, practice squad. Hmm. Interesting. Because I think Ronnie Bell, out of all those receivers, will give you more on special teams. I don't ever see him making to the practice squad. The moment he goes to the practice squad, his ass is gone. I think it's possible. He has th- it, 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 believe me. That'll be the other thing to watch for Breezy this summer is, is does he make so many catches that are impressive in yeah. practice that they bury him in the preseason so that he thinking, doesn't get the value. Oh, that's a good through. point. I forgot about that. Larry, thank you. I totally forgot about that. That is the 49er way. I don't think any other team does that, but the San Francisco 49ers, they will find a way to bury you uh, on reps and the, then on the depth, and so that they can stash and keep you. They probably thought they were going to do that with Jordan Mason last year, and unfortunately they couldn't, so they had to make him active, put him on the uh, the practice squad, and they, I mean, put him on the active roster, and they still found a way to bury him. Like, he came in very sporadically throughout the season. We're like, let this kid run the ball. So we'll see. Um, he great. So Ronnie Bell's ball skills really stood out, and the other thing that stood out at wide receiver is Isaiah Winstead, is really has decisive question. movements Ugh. now you know i mean he's really he chops those feet and he's his stop and start is impressive and and but you know to me it's all about what does he look like when the pads come on okay um okay because we didn't you know it, it's a hard spot to to uh you know to say well what did he really look like because speed doesn't his there was no moment where his he looked fast he looked slow but his stop and start was very much like what we saw in that video that went viral where mm-hmm. it's very explosive and he's putting them up and putting, you know, laying them down. He he's, he's, he's got some nice footwork. And I'll tell you this. The other guy that has to be mentioned is they got a kid from Ole Miss that tried out named yes. Pearson and Jacor Pearson. Yeah. J J core. Yeah. And, and it's like, he's, he's interesting. And, he's and I've speed. actually texted back and forth with him. Um, to get him on my channel. And he said, Hey man, I haven't signed yet. I said, J core, as soon as you sign, I want you to call me and we will go live because this kid needs to be watched. He went, he started at Western Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, played for the Hilltoppers, transferred to Ole Miss. He's a Fort Lauderdale, Florida kid. He's a great athlete, played for Devin Bush in high school, high powered program, spent four years at Kentucky. They used him out of the slot. He was all conference. Then Lane Kiffin gets him to transfer to Ole Miss for his final year, and he didn't play him in the slot, even though he was an all-conference slot player. He played him as the boundary X receiver outside, and he really did him a favor because it gave him greater versatility. Um, And you can see the run after the catchability. He's got running back experience, wide receiver experience, slot, return man, special team experience. He says his favorite routes out of the slot. He loves to run the corner route out of the when he's outside. He likes to run the slant inside. He had a great year for the Seattle Sea Dragons in the XFL. One of the best players in the XFL. Uh, Hazlitt, Jim Hazlitt, the former NFL coach who coached him in the XFL. 
thought he was going to run four two eight, which is you know Tyreek Hill kind of territory. Yeah. Instead, at his pro day, he ran four four two. So he's not a four two eight guy, but he okay. is a four four guy. And there was one where he got loose down the sideline, and okay. Clayton Thorson dropped it in his lap, and he was in the clear by five yards. So he's whatever he runs. I can see why Hazlitt said he's four two eight because he's going off of his eyeballs and and the four four two is what he ran for the stopwatch at the pro day. But when you watch this kid on the field, I would say he's essentially like a four three five guy. That's what he plays. He ran four four two, Hazlitt guessed four two eight. I would say four three five is what I would put him at as far as what it looked like to me. And I know that's very exact, but that's just how I how I see it. And I think Pearson, if the Niners don't sign him, somebody else will. And if I were them, I would cut Daz Newsom right now and give uh, Newsom spot to Pearson. Interesting, 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 interesting. Uh, the the play that we all saw, we kind of like fell in love with, was when he beat the corner out there on the outside and yeah. the ball was dropped right in between the safety. I mean, it wasn't a touchdown play because he, he fell down, but the catch was, it was, it was, it was amazing. And he has the speed to get behind the, the DB. And that's kind of what you want. I guess the only issue is like, why hasn't this kid gotten a chance? He's tired. I mean, he's five, seven. That's the, that's the only thing I can guess, Breezy. I mean, if he's 5'9", I think somebody's already signed him. He's 5'7". And there's there are some of these teams do have cutoffs as far as, like, you know, what they what they will invest in. Some teams won't take anybody who's under 180 pounds. Some Good some point. teams won't take anybody who's under 5'8". Um, and, and it's just, you know, and it's their, it's their prerogative. But I think when you make hard, fast rules like that, that just burns you. You miss out on, on guys who don't fit your profile. So I love Pearson, but I'll tell you, there were other guys that stood out. Ilm Manning, number 60, the offensive yeah, lineman. Offensive lineman. He is an athlete. Now he played left tackle at Hawaii. He, I'll tell you right now, he's not a left tackle, but he is an NFL offensive lineman. And he is, he is really look good. I mean, body lean athleticism. Um, he could probably put on weight. You know, he's probably around 295. But Ilm Manning is a really good-looking offensive line prospect. Um, I, I thought he moved exceptionally well. And then the other guys who stood out are the running backs. You know, I don't know. One of these years, Husechek's going to get cut. And I don't know if this is the year, but Jack Coletto is real as far as he's a real fullback. Now, he can play fullback. He can play wide uh, quarterback. He can play linebacker. You know, he's a jack-of-all-trades guy. But he looked good. Um, Coletto might give Husecheck a run for his money, especially if Hus- if there's any slippage in Husecheck, man, Coletto could could wind up taking that job. He's gonna he's so much cheaper. Um, yeah, but uh, Husecheck's just, established, but you know Husecheck is how old Husecheck? Um, we could look it up, but but not there's no, there's he's thirty two. So there, I mean he could he, he, Husecheck. In my opinion, can play if he wanted to. I think Yuschek is kind of like on his own clock when it comes to football, and there will never be another Kyle Yuschek. And so I, I say that to say that if he has the ability to play football and he wants to stay in San Francisco and and go throughout his contract, I think the 49ers are prepped to make you know to take care of him because he 
I know a lot of people feel like his stats are declining. I mean, the, the team is building and they're getting more and more weapons, right? But when you need you check to come through, even if it's for one play, it's worth all the millions that you're paying him. And you got to think about it. Like, who's your best blocking guy coming out of that backfield? It's Kyle Juszczyk. And so, like, I'm not saying Jack Coletto can, can't be to that caliber at some point, but I don't think they want to move on from Juszczyk with a young quarterback situation that they're in. It doesn't matter if it's Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, or Sam Darnold. The quarterback situations are young. I want that established, seasoned, mentality-type-based veteran back there um, as Kyle Juszczyk, who can be a lead blocker, who can also be a weapon uh, utilized in the system. I don't think they, they would move on from him. I don't think he would be a cut candidate. I know he cap casualties, all that good stuff. I think they figure out a way to work that out if – he has the will to continue to play football. No question. I, I, I'm just saying, like, most years, they're going to camp with no backup fullback, and he's kind of like the guy. Or there's, like, a nominal backup fullback, but a guy's not very va- not very viable. This year, Braden Willis looks like a fullback. He Jack Coletto looks back. like a fullback. Mm-hmm. And now there's suddenly two guys at his spot that if he got hurt, they could plug in. Or if they wanted to go in a different direction, they could plug in. I'm just saying, um, Coletto and Braden Willis are definitely look like they could be replacements for Husecheck. But I, I'm not saying Husecheck's going to lose his job. I'm just saying that this is the first time I can remember them having some backups. Oh, the, yeah. the other thing is the the two you know the Niners have this unbelievable. It's uncanny their ability to find undrafted r- rookie running backs. I thought both Ronald Awat and Kalen Laburn. Kalen he's the guy, man. They, they both look good. I thought Laburn looked better as far as um, he's got a real powerful lower body, and yet he's really quick. Um, he runs with great body lean and great power. Laburn looked, looked like he had some explosive qualities, but Awat does too. Awat is not, is not some yeah. camp. He's not a camp body. That he's guy's a, an NFL back. I mean, he's, a, he's absolutely quick. He's 215 pounds. Yes. Great athlete. Um, you can see his athleticism. So those both those young backs stood out to me. The guy who the two guys to me, I mean, Jair Brown looks great. And Jair Brown, we did an interview with him. He was an incredible interview. Um, and so was Darrell Luter. But to me, the two guys that look the best at the rookie minicamp on defense. Jalen Graham, the linebacker from Purdue. Thank you. Look terrific. Thank I mean, you. he's wearing number 50. He's he's moving around his whatever his workout numbers are, who cares? Because the guy flows to the ball. He's he's real. He's real. He's solid. I think he's gonna make the team. The other guy that now, granted, I was two fields away, but Spencer Wagey. The defensive lineman from North Dakota State. That's how you say his last name. It's Wagey. I was pronouncing him as Wage because he just sounds so much better. But Wagey's no, cool. Wagey. Yeah, it's Wagey. Um, W-A-E-G-E. Yeah, Spencer Wagey. And this guy is... Inside, a, outside. Well, that's the beauty of it. I mean, they list him on... <laughs> uh, our lads list him as a tackle. He played defensive end. Um, but then North I asked Dakota him, I said, what did you, what did you do at, you know, give me your, give me the specifics of what you did at North Dakota. And he's like, well, sometimes I'm zero technique over the, over the nose. Sometimes I'm the three technique. He goes, but I've also done the, the nine technique and been out wide. So, but this guy tore up his knee two years ago. 
he's not even wearing a sleeve on the knee. He's a so it doesn't. Player. It's like you know he's he's out there with no knee brace, no sleeve, no nothing, and he's three hundred pounds, and the guy moves. I mean, the guy moves like J.J. Watt. The guy moves. What? The guy moves like a defensive end. He does not move like a defensive tackle. He moves like a defensive end. They actually have two guys that need to be studied. One is this Marlon Davidson, who they signed from Auburn, who's another guy who's 300 pounds, who played, who's kind of a defensive end. He's kind of a guy that just wants to hit the quarterback and not have to go to jail. over. Right. (laughs) That's right. He likes it because he, you know, it's, it's violence in a controlled area and there's no, uh, no parole. But yeah, Mar- Marlon Davidson is definitely more of an edge guy, and Wagey, even though he's three hundred pounds with a one six six split, you can see the bend, you can see the get off, you can see the hand usage, dude. I'm telling you, wait until they put the pads on. Spencer Wagey is going to be the guy that we're talking about in this draft. Okay, you heard it here. Larry, I really believe it. I really believe that guy is special. special. I promise you, while everybody was screaming Joey Fisher, and this is not a shot to him, but from the undrafted guys, my highlighted guy from the undrafted, I had two of them. It was Kalon uh, Laybourne, and yep. it was Spencer. I called him Wage, but it's Wagey. And, and it looks guys. like Laybourne, but it's uh, Laybourne. Laybourne. His, Laybourne. I saw an interview where his dad, who's, his dad was in the Navy, and they moved a lot. I think he lived in Japan for a year as a young boy. But, you know, he's like, everybody wants to call me Laybourne, but my dad says it's Laybourne. Laybourne. Well, if his dad called him Laybourne, and it is Laybourne. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Kalon. Is it, did I say that right? Kalon Laybourne? No, I think it's Kalon Kalen Laburn. Kalen Laburn. <laughs> it's like we're going back to the uh uh you know, we're going we're, no, we're going we're going back to uh you know the um, the movie with Eddie Murphy when they're in the barber shop. Oh, yeah. Eddie called him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. Clay, you talk about coming to America. Coming to America. Coming to America. I'm calling him Clay, I'm gonna call him Clay. Dad called oh. him Clay, I'm gonna call him Clay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, that's that was one of the most official rookie minicamp breakdowns. You even gave us some some takes on some of the guys that they brought in that they just had come out to practice, which was the receiver, uh, Pearson. Uh, yeah, and one and- last one. I'll give you one last one. This guy was a second-year player who was who last year was... Aaliyah Davis? Uh, no, Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins, safety. Taylor Hawkins. Now, Taylor Hawkins played the corner at San Diego State on a really good defense for, I believe, Rocky Long. Um, then he showed up last year and, uh, he was on the practice squad all year, but I think he tried to bulk up because he was trying to be, you know, uh, safety size. And what he, what it was, was he lost his, his incredible man-to-man ability and, and fluidity because he put on more weight Wait. this year. He cut that weight. Taylor Hawkins showed up at this camp in awesome shape. And I don't know that there's a safety spot to be had because you got a Fonga Gibson, Odom, Jair Brown, Avery Young's here now from Rutgers, who he also looks pretty good. But Taylor Hawkins is in incredible shape. And he looks mm. like he could be a a player because you gotta remember he's a he's a safety with corner instincts and corner coverage ability. And that's a value in today's NFL game. So 
the two guys that kind of fit that same mold, one's Quantrez Knight, the other's Taylor Hawkins. To me, Hawkins really stood out, really stood out as he's in the easily the best shape of his life. All right, guys, you, you got it right there. Uh, great insight from Larry. I can't wait to see what happens now. That rookie minicamp is over. OTAs yeah. will be next week, Larry, and I'm sure you're going to be there. Yep. And so now, before we get to uh, the – we'll talk a little bit about the OTA practices, May 22nd through uh, the 23rd, May 25th, the 30th through the 31st, June 2nd, June 5th through the 6th, June 8th. All right. And then the min, the mandatory minicamp is June 13th through the 15th. All right. So the dates prior to June 13th and 15th are voluntary and June 13th through June 15th are mandatory. So that's when you'll see the players come out. It's kind of like that. Hey, this, this, the jamboree before you guys go on your one month sabbatical before training camp starts. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah. give us a little insight on how that's going to go down. The OTAs. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny. I just cut a video on the OTAs. I mean, the, you know, the, it's it's uh, you're gonna obviously you're probably you're not gonna see Brock. You're gonna see, you know, the 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 high, you know, the main show on the main stage is gonna be Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, um, competing. Brandon Allen will be there as well. But um, yeah, we're gonna see those two quarterbacks. I'm really the 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 number one subplot to me in the OTAs is. What is the split between Trey and Sam? Is it 50-50? Is it 90-10 Trey? Is it 85-15? What is it? I need well, to see 60-40 Trey. Give us, at least. okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Give us your guess. Uh, 60, it might 40. be 50-50 at the beginning. It might be. I wouldn't be. mind it, though. Uh, I wouldn't mind 50-50. Would you oppose to that? Um, well, I, I am opposed to that because I, I'm opposed to that because Sam Darnold's played this is this, you know, he was drafted five years ago. Trey Lance has played four games and you invested a ton in him. Let's not pretend these guys are the same guy. They're not the same guy. They're not. The same Darnold guy. has tried and failed. Trey has never, never been given the opportunity and got hurt. So I would say I'm cool with them splitting, but I need a 60, 40 Trey split. If it was my team, I'd make it 70, 30 Trey. Because I think Trey I, needs the reps. And he does need the reps. I don't want to discount that. But at this point, I mean, it's the very beginning. I wouldn't mind 50-50. I want to see Sam Darnold out there against that number one defense. I want him to make the same mistakes. You know, I, I want him to learn from those mistakes. I think when it comes to, to football, you want your quarterbacks, even if Trey is the guy that they're going to go with, which I believe that's who they're going to go with to start the season, like – you want to make sure Sam Donald is prepared. You want to make sure he's gone through the fire because the whole purpose is you don't want Sam Donald coming out onto the field at any given moment, but at any given moment he can, and he needs to be ready. Just like Brock Purdy was thrown into the fire. We don't know how many reps he took at camp uh, as the third string guy when he was in there, but whatever he did to mentally prepare. And I think he's just a different preparer of the game. Like we don't know how Sam Donald is going to be. And for me right now, I think the first couple, of days I wouldn't mind if it's 50 50 I want to see what Sam Donald looks like but then I want to see Trey Lance start go then 60 40 then 70 30 and then by the damn near end of uh, OTAs Trey Lance 90 10 like that's kind of like how it should be and then we can kind of start separating saying hey Trey Lance looks like he's going to be quarterback one and then uh Sam Donald will probably slide it in to quarterback two now we do have some updates on the quarterback situation, which has nothing really to do with the 49ers. But how cool is this? Trey Lance and Josh Allen will be throwing at tight end university. That's the George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, all the tight ends camp. What are your thoughts about this, this little venture for Trey Lance? 
Well, it's great. I mean, first of all, he, you know, the, it's in line with what I just said, which is he needs all the reps he can get. And he also needs to, you know, this 49er offense took off under Brock Purdy, um, you know, more so than it ever took off under, under Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, why is that? Because Brock Purdy was in lockstep with George Kittle and he unleashed Kittle and look at the production that Kittle had with Purdy. And if Trey Lance is going to be the number one quarterback on this team, he's got to get on the same page with Kittle. He's got to make sure that he's got a great relationship with Kittle. Kittle is is going to be a safety valve. Um, Kittle's going to be a really important guy for him, uh, for anybody who's playing quarterback. And so I love it. I love it. It means that, you know, that they're working on that relationship um, and also just, you know, it's just an, another revelation of, that Trey Lance is a great kid. He's a great guy. You know, George wouldn't have him there if he didn't have the, if he, if he was some prima Donna, George wouldn't have him there. If he was all about himself, George wouldn't have him there. If he didn't believe in the kid as a person, you know, that, that kid, that whole camp is not just quarterbacks and tight ends, but it's guys that George likes, you know what I mean? And so I, I think this is a, even though, in and of itself, it means nothing, right? Because it's just a non, it's not in Santa Clara. It has nothing to do with the Niners. But A, it's a double win because Trey needs to get reps. And um, he needs to, you know, the, the other thing is, you you know, it's a real skill to working short term with players you don't know and being able to quickly gauge their speed and their tendencies. That's that helps you. That helps you when you get into camp because you'll know some of those receivers, but you're not going to know all of them. So you're going to have to adapt to their speed and you're going to have to make some quick evaluations. And you know what I mean? So it's all about the quarterback and the receivers being on the same page. So one, I think it's important for Trey to get those reps Two, I think it's important for George and Trey to be on the same page. Um, So I, I think those are key factors. Two key factors, and I'm going to add a third factor. I mean, because the other name on this bill is Josh Allen. We watched Trey Lance work out with Patrick Mahomes, and now Trey Lance is going to be working out with another top five quarterback and, and you know, getting, you know, I wouldn't say he's probably going to get some tips and things like that from a Josh Allen then being in the same building, same vicinity, having a good time. And so Trey Lance offseason would have been working out with Patrick Mahomes, who's the greatest quarterback in football right now, and Josh Allen, who's probably top three, right? Joe, Some people say Joe Burrow, whatever, whatever. I don't yeah. know, but to me, that's good. That's good juju for Trey. That's him showing. Remember, I don't know if, if it was a show we did, but I remember doing a show when I said, Trey's going to have to take this shit by himself. Like, he's going to have to go out there and do him. He's not, he can't sit and wait for people to hand him the keys. Go take the keys. This is one of those examples of taking the keys. The first two things you said are super important, but the fact that he's also getting in there and he's going to be building a rapport with some of these elite quarterbacks in the NFL, I think that's huge for Trey Lance because I think Trey Lance will eventually end up in that elite category. So, uh, and I, that's I what he wants and that's what he believes. And I agree. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're going to, um, you know, be among the greatest, you need to know what makes them tick. You need to be able, you know, so much of, um, of, you know, I mean, when you, when I watched like the late Kobe Bryant, I saw Jordan, yeah. I saw Jordan, we you all know, did. and, and, and why did I see Jordan? It's because he copied Jordan. 
Because he, he studied Jordan straight and up. he wanted to be Jordan. He wanted to be Jordan at the press conference. He wanted to be Jordan in the layup line. The he wanted to be Jordan on the, the same. Larry, you yeah, interviewed I mean, the, the voices are the ex- exact identical tone. It's right. Crazy. And, and, and do you think it's accidental that the two best quarterbacks of this era, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, grew up in the backyard of Joe Montana and Steve Young watching their every move? I don't. I think that was that had something to do with that. So I, I just think that when when you have somebody who's giving you a great template and you're a good mimic and you can copy that template, only positive things come from that. We always think of copying as bad. Like, oh, my God, you copied him. It's bad. You're being original. But it's not about that. It's not you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, the quarterback position. Steve Young told me many times he, that he learned almost everything he knew about the quarterback position from watching Joe. Wow. And and you know what? I don't think there's any doubt that Aaron Rodgers learned from watching Joe and Steve and, and Brett and Brett Favre. And I don't think there's any doubt that Tom Brady learned from watching Joe and Steve. And, you know, what I mean? so um, it's that's how you learn. You learn when you get a good example and you're smart enough to understand it's a good example. And Trey is so Trey will Trey's had a chance to work with Mahomes to hear just to hear Mahomes' mindset. And how he how he thinks about things, and how maybe he separates things in his head. Um, it could be anything from it could be anything from you know how he carries out play action fakes to how he deals with media requests to how he deals with the player that he feels like is not a fan of his in the locker room to you know how does he win over a coach that that uh, is not in his corner. How does he blend well with Brock and maintain a, a good civil professional relationship while at the same time giving no ground as a competitor? I mean, these things all have to be kind of talked through and thought about. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And so I'm, I, I think Trey's doing exactly what he needs to do. Great job. Hey, Nicholas says just because somebody hangs out with someone for a bit doesn't mean that they will become that person. Trey Lance is True. not Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that's 100% correct. I don't think any one of us were saying that Trey Lance was going to become Patrick Mahomes. But the thing is, when you surround yourself by greatness, and and who else is it better to learn from than the greats? I mean, you can learn from a regular person. You can learn from a coaching structure. But learning from an actual person that's live action playing a game against you, with you, right there with you, you can pick up on certain things. And I'm not saying that Trey Lance is Patrick Mahomes or even wants to be Patrick Mahomes. He wants to be Trey Lance. But it's always cool when you're learning from people that you may see as mentors to the game, even if they're not mentoring you. It's always good to imitate a person and to kind of like learn some things, learn not what learn what not to do uh, opposed to everything. So I don't think it's a bad idea. He's not it's not like they're going to be whether they'll be practicing together, him and Josh Allen. But I think Trey Lance decided to say, hey, man, I'm going to I'm going to get more reps in this summer. I'm going to find ways to upgrade my game. What can I do to become better? Let me learn from some of the ones that are doing it correctly. I think that's kind of where I was going with this, Larry. Any thought to this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you nailed it right on. I mean, and and if you said to me, who is Trey, who should he model his game after? It's it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, he he there there's a lot of similarities there. Um, you know, and and you know, here the other thing that nobody ever talks about is that you know, we see Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, we see a totally refined player um you know in kansas city he was not this player in college 
He really wasn't. I mean, he had he had uh, incredible stats his final year at Texas Tech, 41 touchdowns, 10 picks. Um, but you're still talking about uh, a player who, you know, I don't know what I don't know exactly what his college record was, but it's not it's nothing overwhelming. It wasn't like Texas Tech competed for national championships. I mean, you, he was a three year starter at Texas Tech. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I bet you I bet you if you looked at his his collegiate record, I bet you he was probably close to 500 in his career. Now, he went to Kansas City. He got a great example to 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 uh, copy in Alex Smith. He got an incredible offensive minded coach, some of the great weapons. Um, and he's emerged as this awesome player. But just because Trey Lance is, you know, copy, uh, you know, practicing with Mahomes doesn't mean he'll be Mahomes. But I see a lot of similarities as far as, you know, Patrick Mahomes dad was a, a, a pro athlete. Trey's dad was a pro athlete. Playing quarterbacks important to Patrick Mahomes. Playing quarterbacks important to Trey Lance. Uh, they're both very similar size-wise. I wouldn't necessarily call Mahomes a runner, but if you give him a 20-yard lane in the fourth quarter of a close game, he's going to take it, and a lot of times his runs ice games. I think Trey's going to be the same kind of guy. I think he's. I don't think he's a runner. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he can. if you give him a running lane in the fourth quarter, I think he's a good enough competitor to take that running lane and, and burn you. So I, I just I see a lot of similarities between Lance um, physically and and uh, Mahomes. I really do. Love it, love it, Larry. Let's get to the meat potatoes of the show. Let's get down to the NFC and the 49ers schedule. So what I would like to do for this exercise is I would like two things: you to predict the 49ers and how they would in the particular games against the NFC teams. And then let's talk about if the 49ers are the team to dominate. Actually, before we do that, let me know. Do you think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC? Uh, I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can say that. I, I, I think they're, I think they are them and the Eagles are, are right there neck and neck. I'd give the slight edge to the Eagles because of the quarterback situation with the Niners and how important that is and how, you know, undecided it is. I mean, we don't need this team may be quarterbacked by Sam Darnold. So I can't, I can't say the Niners, you know, and that, and that, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge revelation if that winds up being the case. So I would say the Eagles are still the number one team in the conference. And then I would say the Niners are the clear two. And I, I think the so distance between the, two and three is huge. So even with the quarterback situation, you feel the Niners would be two because a lot of people like the, a lot of people feel like the Seahawks have gotten a lot better uh, or whatnot. We have to see what they look like. You see Bogdan says Seahawks are looking scary. Um, they have a stable quarterback. Uh, the 49ers kind of don't. Do you think the Seahawks trump the Niners or you still feel like the Niners are the number two team, even with the quarterback situation? Because Brock Purdy's not the quarterback right now. You know, I mean, I, I actually, okay. When the Niners, first of all, the Niners beat the Seahawks three times last year. They beat them here. They beat them there. And they beat them in the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo and with Brock Purdy. All right. Again, those two Granted. quarterbacks are no longer on. I mean, well, Brock Purdy's on the roster, but, but let's look at Jimmy's not here. 
let's look at where these teams actually were ranked. To me, there's four categories. I like to look at where the teams ranked, where are you ranked on offense, where are you ranked on defense, where are you ranked on turnovers and where are you ranked on run defense specifically the Niners, number one defense, number five offense, number one in the NFL and turnover differential number one in the NFL against the run Seattle 13th on offense, 26th on defense, 14th on turnover differential, 28th stopping the run. Mm-hmm. Now, I like the Seahawks draft. Um, I think the Seahawks have had two good drafts back to back, but they've done nothing really to change their fr- defensive front seven significantly. Um, and they were 28th in the NFL against the run, and the Niners were number one and added Javon Hargrave. So I. Personally, I think, you know, I saw Lewis Riddick came out and said that, you know, he's bullish on Seattle. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Seattle had a great draft. They got a terrific young uh, Legion of Boom part two cooking up and they've got some nice weapons. Charbonnet was a nice get um, on offense at running back. You know, know, the Ohio State receiver will assuredly help. And, you know, they've got they drafted bookend offensive tackles last year. They drafted bookend corners last year, and then they added a third in Witherspoon. They're coming, but 26th in defense, 28th against the run, and they really haven't done anything to stop to improve that. So, no, the Seahawks are not the Niners, um, and even if the Niners have quarterback issues, uh, the Niners are, as I said, number number one defense, number one against the run, number one on the turnovers. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's go to a different team. Let's go to a team like the Cowboys, because now again, we fi- you said we finished fifth on offense, but what will we be on offense without that particular quarterback? Do you still feel like we're high up? Or are we going to drop down a little bit? I mean, I know we don't know, but where do you think they're going to have a start? I know we're ranked number, I think we're ranked three in the power rankings, three or four. I can't remember what it is, but in the power, we're definitely in the top five in the power rankings going into this season. So it's going to be interesting to see, but what do you think about the Cowboys being a threat? Well, I mean, I, I, there's no question, but, uh, the, you know, the Cowboys um, added, um, you know, they, they've got a nice outside rush. No question. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, they added Viliami Fajoko, Junior Fajoko from San Jose State. They added Tyrus Wheat after the draft. Wheat's going to make that team watch. Uh, they, you know, you got Dorrance Armstrong and Fowler. I mean, they... They can put some heat on the quarterback. They did add Stephon Gilmore in the secondary. Um, they added um, DeMarvian overshone to their linebacking yeah. core. Um, Mozzie Smith, I think, is a workout guy. I don't. I didn't. I didn't understand that pick. Um, they should have gone with the tight end there. But um, I like Dallas. But you got to remember this: Dallas is a team that loves to run the ball that doesn't have Zeke, and Pollard's coming off an ACL, and Deuce Vaughn is tiny. And they don't really have another back that I mean, I'm not a Ronald Jones fan. Rico Dowdell, I liked him at South Carolina, but he's not a he's not the guy. Malik Davis, I don't I think Dallas, you know, without Zeke, unless they can unless they can get a four net. I mean, if Dallas can get a big time runner, they they're they don't have a runner. And um, you know, I, I'm Prescott's turned it over a lot in big games. I don't really like McCarthy. Um, their defense doesn't stop the run. 
So yeah, no, I don't. I mean, uh, well, I think Dallas is the, Dallas is a talented team, and they're flashy, and they'll have some one-sided wins yeah. because they got a lot of pass rush they can put on you. And if the game on the scoreboard gets, you know, if they get up ten or fourteen, they it could be Avalanche City, and they could win some games one-sided. But if you can run the ball, you can beat the Cowboys, and yeah, they're a bad matchup for the Niners because of it. You mentioned Mozzie Smith, and you didn't understand it. Well, that's why they got him. They they got the guy that can stop the run. He's not. Yeah, a, but I mean, I watched Mozzie at Michigan, I, I and, and, him too, he's, and he's a Feldman he freak. There's no yeah, question. He stopped Bruce the run, Larry. There's nothing you can say that takes he, away from he's, him. He's, he's in monster inside, but like I, I personally, not, I think he looks like he looks. First of all, I don't. I would never take a run down guy anymore in a passing league um, mm-hmm. that high. I, to me, like, I don't think uh, he's worlds better than guys who went late in the draft who were also good run stuffers. He's a two down run stuffer who um, doesn't really sack the quarterback that much. I doubt he doesn't do. He doesn't have that production. That's not in his game. He, he's a he's a run down defender in a league that's total pass happy. And we'll see. We'll see. I I saw him get moved in the run game from time to time. He's got great physical ability. That's why he was number one on the, on the Feldman freaks list. He's a physical freak. There's no question, but there's a big difference between those physical traits and his film. And I don't, uh, to me, his film is inconsistent. Okay. All right. So uh, let's go through these NFC. We went through the Cowboys. We went through the Eagles. You went through the Seahawks. Let's go with the Rams. Don't believe in the Rams at all. Uh, I, no, I think the Rams are going the other way. Though I did like Steve Avila, the TCU guard that oh, they yeah, got. Guard, He's going to yeah. plug and play at left guard. But the Rams' offensive line's not very good. Um, it, it, they're a Cooper Cup injury about away from winning five games. Uh, and they, you know, I mean, their their other receivers aren't there. I mean, unless you love uh, Skoranek or Van Jefferson, I'm not a huge. Uh, Tutu Atwell's a burner, but I mean, I, they don't have great receivers. I think the line's pretty average. Stafford doesn't move as well as he used to. He's long in the tooth. Um, they're a one there, you know, I'm, they got Kyron Williams, but Akers is really their one back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, they, they, you know, on, on defense, you've got Aaron Donald and they added Byron Young. So Byron Young is definitely nice, but the rest of that line you know, you can double uh, Aaron Donald now because Bobby Brown, the third and Marquise Copeland. And, you know, these guys are just guys. I, I, I don't like necessarily. I did love their pick of day one Johnson from Toledo at the very end of the draft. He was Mr. Irrelevant. That was a great freaking pick. And I like them getting Nick Hampton and Byron Young. They've got a couple of real speedy edge rushers, but I, I, they lost Ramsey. You know, the the quarterback's older. The best guy on their front seven's older. I, I think the Rams, the Rams, you know, Les needs a good G, good GM. He found some good players. Trevius Hodges Tomlinson will help him on the corner at the nickel spot uh, for sure. And, um, but I, I just think they hit and miss in the draft. Um, as I said, I, I love Hodges Tomlinson. I love Nick Hampton. And I love Byron Young. So they've got in day one Johnson, but I just, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't think they're great at linebacker. I mean, Ernest Jones, Christian Rosaboom, Michael Hoked. I mean, those guys, that's not, that's not a premier 
premier linebacking core. I think they're, I think they're pretty, pretty mediocre, to be honest. I, I think the Rams, if Stafford stays healthy, they got a shot to, to, you know, win eight or nine games, but I think the odds of that are not good. And, um, I like the Rams to have another rough year. Okay. Let's go with the Cardinals just to sum up the NFC West. Well, the Cardinals are going to have an interesting year just from the standpoint of, um, you know, the, they're not going to start with Kyler and he's probably not going to be back to week five. So can they win games with Colt McCoy or Clayton Toon? You know, if Clayton Toon hits the ground running and looks great, maybe the Cardinals could surprise. Um, they got a great left, ta- left tackle, I thought, and Paris Johnson. Um, they added a good receiver in Michael Wilson. You know, I think they've got pretty good receivers, to be honest. You got Rondale Moore, Marquise Hollywood Brown. They still got D Hop, and you got Michael Wilson. Uh, I like their receivers. Their line will be improved. Uh, Ertz, obviously, is, and Trey McBride give them two really good tight ends. Um, it's a lot about, you know, who, do they have any, who's their runner? I mean, you got James Conner, but after that, I don't love their runners. Um, and then on defense, you lost JJ Watt, right? He's not yeah. there. So, um, I don't see the leader on defense. Um, is Buda Baker going to be traded? I think so. Awesome. I do like Katrell Clark, who they drafted. They also and, didn't pick up what you call his fifth year option. Um, uh, my gosh, the kid I wanted to draft, I think he was out of Clemson linebacker kind of play can play safety. Um, Marco Wilson? Nope, he's a he's a linebacker. Oh, you mean uh, you're talking about the uh, the nickel, the guy they play at the in the nickel spot? Um, What's his name? I know it when you say his name. Yeah, uh, you're talking about. Uh, um, we we tried. We just can't remember. Isaiah Simmons. Simmons. Isaiah Simmons. There it is. Simmons. There it is. Yeah. Thanks, well, Coach Isaiah Bruce. Simmons is an incredible physical specimen. I mean, they, yeah. he's the biggest nickel back in the history of the league. He's going to be a free agent next year. Go yeah, Catrell Clark from Louisville was a terrific nickel, and and they'll they'll probably play Catrell some at the nickel, and they got B.J. Ojolari, who's a good rusher. Yeah, they got Dante Stills, who's a pretty good rusher. West Virginia, um, they got some pieces. They've got some pieces. They got some pieces for sure. But uh, I, you know, personally, I don't think I think the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals. I think lack culture. I think they they lack leaders. I don't see leaders on their. Buda Baker wants out. J.J. Watt's already out. I, I think the Cardinals are going to struggle. I really do. I think it's the Niners and the Seahawks in the division. All right. Let's go to the NFC East. We talked about the Cowboys. We talked about the Eagles. We got two more teams we got to play. Let's get to them Giants. Uh, how do you see the Giants faring in the NFC? I think the Giants are the are the third team behind the Niners and the Eagles. Uh, I really do. I think, you know, I mean, they, the underrated pickup for them, I thought, was Paris Campbell, and they also have Wandale Robinson, um, and they they drafted Jalen Hyatt. They got Jamison Crowder. I think the Giants receivers, are, they drafted Bryce Ford Wheaton. Khalil Pimpleton is a tiny little receiver, but he's interesting. Jaden Mickens. They've got, some, they've, got, they've got a very interesting group of receivers, a lot of receiver depth. So I think the receivers are going to be good. The offensive line has got the makings of a strength. I mean, You've got Andrew Thomas at left tackle, Bredersen, the Michigan kid at left guard, John Michael Schmitz, I thought was one of the best linemen in the draft. He's he's from Minnesota. He's going to plug and play at center. And then you got Evan Neal, the Alabama kid who was a first round pick, blue chipper at right tackle, a Glowinski at right guard. So they they traded for Darren Waller, 
So you still got Saquon Barkley and Brita. They drafted Eric Gray out of out of, out of uh, Oklahoma. So yeah, I mean, I, I you got also have other tight ends. You got Bellinger. You got Lawrence Cager. So I I kind of like the Giants on offense. Defensively, they got big Dexter Lawrence and Ashawn Robinson comes over yeah. from the Rams. That's Lawrence a good one. You got Leonard Williams. Too. Yeah. Aziz Oshilari. Um, not bad. Not bad. I mean, they're, they're, I think they've got some interesting guys up front. And then um, in the secondary, Deontay Banks is a good player. They drafted him out of Maryland. Maryland. At the corner. Yeah. Um, you know, can they can can they get t- Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, cooking? That's a big question for them. I like the Giants. I think the Giants are a solid football team. I don't want to see them. I don't want to play them because they just somehow always find a way to keep the game interesting. I'll leave it at that, even though we're playing in week three. All right, let's go with the last team, NFC East, that the 49ers are going to play. Then they have one, I believe, South team that they're playing this year. Let's go with the Washington Commanders. Well, I think the commanders are going to take it on the chops. I mean, they're, they're, they've got the most inexperienced quarterback in the league and Sam Howell and then Brissett behind him. Um, they do have three really good runners. This is going to be a run-heavy team. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, and then the Kentucky kid they drafted, Chris Rodriguez, all big-time runners. So they got good running backs for sure. Um, offensive line, I think, is just okay. Um, I, I do like some of their receivers. Jahan Dotson's got great ball skills. Scary Terry McLaurin is still there. He's really nice. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, 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 to me, the, they've got two really good receivers. I, I just named them. And, um, and, they, and Howell may be able to surprise some people, and they should run the ball well. They still got a great defensive line. I mean, are they going to trade Chase Young? Are they going to trade Montez Sweat? Are they, you know, are those guys going to be on the team this year? If they are, that's that's as good a front as there is, right? Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, um, those guys are big time. I mean, they got they got the vanilla gorilla, John Ridgeway, who was with Dallas, who's a really good run player. Um, KJ Henry, they drafted. He's interesting. He was at Clemson, so they've got a, you know, they've got a really good front line. Linebackers, they got uh, Davis, Cody Barton, Ken, uh, and Kalik um, uh, Hudson, David Mayo. You know, it's kind of a, it's like a four-two-five look that they go with. I think they could be better at linebacker. In the secondary, they picked up the Illinois kid, Jartavius Martin, yeah. and then Emmanuel Forbes is a star. I mean, Emmanuel Forbes, that was the guy that I wanted the Niners to get. He's a superstar. I mean, he's like a Deion Sanders. So they added a true difference maker on the corner. So I like their secondary. I like their defense overall. I don't love the linebackers, but I love their front and I love their secondary. They added two great players in the secondary in Martin and Forbes. Interesting because a lot of the commander fans felt like their weakness was the linebacking spot and they didn't <laughs> they didn't address it. Uh let's go with the South. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, and they're another team that doesn't really have um, it's Baker a quarterback. Mayfield, Larry. I mean, it's Baker Mayfield. I mean, I, but I mean, here's the thing about Tampa. Tampa's interesting because they, you know, they, they've built a really good core and they, they had a great draft. Um, Kalijah Kansi's a superstar and you, they just added him. They also got Yaya Diaby out of Louisville, yeah, who's 260 pounds and can rush the passer. Uh, you got Vita Vea and Greg Gaines inside. Those guys can play. 
at linebacker. It's probably as good a linebackers as there is. I mean, you got Devin White, Levante David, Shaq Barrett. Uh, they they drafted Jose Ramirez from. Uh, Dang, um, they got you know, Ramirez and Yaya. Yeah, they got Ramirez and Yaya. Oh, so they got they got some speed, Larry. I know they got some. They got some speed guys, and then. Um, you know, it's Antoine Winfield's a damn good free safety. You still got Carlton Davis in that secondary. Um, Jamel Dean. You know, they've got some decent players. Kayvon Merriweather comes over from uh, Iowa. He's a good, good player. So I, I, and then offensively, I mean, they they have now Chase Edmonds, uh, Rashad White, and Sean Tucker. They drafted out of Syracuse is a good back. You got Baker. Baker, you know, as he find himself, I think offensively they're a little underrated. Payne Durham was a really good add at tight end. Um, so they've got a good tight end. The, the offensive line, they added Cody Mock, and they've got Gadecki and Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs. I think their offensive line is actually really a strength. And then receiver-wise, I mean, you got you got incredible receivers. I mean, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, Mike Evans, Trey Palmer from Nebraska is a burner. Um, <laughs> excuse me, Rakeem Jarrett from Maryland is a Maryland. damn good receiver as well, slot receiver. Um, so yeah, they're they're interesting. I think they're going to be a little bit better on offense than people think. <laughs> and Kalaja Kansi could be a monster. He's got to be a monster. Their defense is stacked. We see yeah, that's a good defense. Team. I mean, that, that's a, it's not a bad team. I, I I probably would lean towards the Buccaneers on paper, even with Baker to win that division. Hmm. Ooh. All right, let's go to the north, right? And so the Vikings. Well, how do you see the Vikings and how, how well you think they're going to finish in the NFC? Well, I mean, the Vikings are an interesting team. I, I, I really think their roster is very underrated. But um, what's happening here is like, is Dalvin Cook going to be dealt? It sounds like they're shopping him still. Um, and, and, and if he is shot, they've got Alexander Madison. They've got Ty Chandler out of Carolina. Oh, they did and they just Ty drafted Chandler. Dwayne McBride and McBride. It fumbles a lot, but he's a tremendous contact balance running back. So they've got some other backs, but cook is a difference maker. Kirk cousins is there. You got Nick Mullins. They drafted Jaron Hall at a BYU. Um, <clears throat> a couple good tight ends, Hawkinson and Josh Oliver, both good tight ends. Offensive line's not terrible. Christian Derisaw is their left tackle. They added Jordan Addison to Justin Jefferson. They got Jalen Rager. Uh, Malik Knowles was a nice pickup as well out of K-State. And then defensively, you know, it's an interesting... I mean, defensively, they were bad um, and on paper, but they did add some good players. I mean, Jay Ward's a good safety slash nickel. Um, they got Andre Carter, Ivan Pace. You know, he's a pretty good little player, linebacker from Cincinnati, Jacqueline Roy, um, Najee Thompson, not a bad corner prospect. But still, you know, defensively, they were bottom of the league in defense. And I I think they're going to struggle on defense. I mean, they did bring in Byron Murphy from Arizona. They bring in Marcus Davenport from the Saints. They signed Jordan Hicks. They signed Harrison Phillips. Um, you know, they brought in Dean Lowry. They tried to change things up on their D. I think they'll be better on D, but not good enough. And on offense, you know, they, you know, they, they have great weapons, but they lost Thielen and it sounds like they're going to trade cook. So I, you know, I don't know what the, what the issue, what the deal is going to be here. And then I gotta, I gotta think this, that if there's one team to keep your eyes out for a trade for Trey Lance, it's this team. 
you know, because one, um, they don't have the solution to, you know, what happens after Kirk Cousins. And I think they would love to have Trey Lance. Um, <clears throat> and so I, they, they would be the one team that I would keep my eye on as a team that might trade for Trey Lance. Mm. Mm. All right, Larry, let's do it. I need your NFC uh, prediction. All right. So we'll go through the games. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll go week two Rams. Is that a win? That's a win. Week three against the Giants. That's national TV Thursday night game. Thursday nights favor the home team. Niners are at home. That's a win. Week four against the Cardinals home. Game. That that's a win. That's Niners against Colt McCoy. That's a win. All right. So so far we have the 49ers at three and oh week five uh, at home against the Cowboys. Sunday that's night a win. Game. Dallas is a bad matchup for the Niners. Niners can run it on Dallas. Um, that's a win. Okay, uh, let's go with week eight. Nope, not week eight. I'm sticking to the NFC. Hold on. Give me a week second. seven. Uh, week seven against the Vikings away. That's a loss. <clears throat> I'm going to go with a loss there. That's a Monday nighter in Minnesota. Tough place to play. Um, Niners will have come off a road game against Cleveland. Cleveland's physical. There's, I think the, I think the Vikings get them there. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying I've. I have that. I have it as a loss, and I lost a few subscribers. But listen, it's all good. It's all love. I just, it's just one of those weird games where I just feel like the Niners fall short. It's not they don't get beat; they just fall short. If that makes it feel any better. All right, uh, let's go to Week Eleven uh, against the Buccaneers. Um, I'm gonna say that's a win. I'm gonna say that's a win. Ooh, okay. All right, uh, let's go with week 12, the Seahawks, uh, Thanksgiving. That one is probably going to be a loss. Okay, all right. And then we're on the road again. Hold on. We're on the road again. All right, so we're going to uh, Philly, week 13, Eagles. That's a loss. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Week 14, home, Seahawks. That's a win. Okay, so you got to split. Splitting with Seattle. Got to split with Seattle. I I could dig it. I could dig it. Interesting, though, that you feel like we'll lose on the road there. Is it because of the short week? Yeah, I do think. I just think that it's going to be hard to, to, um, to beat that Seattle team at that point in the schedule. Hmm. We did it last year, though. They did, <laughs> but I, this year, a different year, different, different, different good travel. Point, good point. Good point. Different travel. Week 15 Cardinals away. Sweep Cardinals. I mean, there's no question. The Niners are going to sweep the Cardinals. The Cardinals are bad. Uh, the Cardinals at that point, you know, will be f- done for the year already. Uh, that, that will be a blowout. All right. Week 17, another late season game with the Washington Commanders. This time it's in D.C., this is <clears throat> this is gonna be a loss, okay. And All the right. reason for this is um, the the rest. If you look at the rest, the the Niners have a lot less rest going into that game than the than the Commanders do. So I think that's gonna be a loss. And then we cap the season off with a home game against the Rams. And that's gonna be a win, and that's probably not even gonna be uh, Stafford. That would be the Forty ers beating uh, Stetson Bennett. Larry, what is your overall NFC record? I think I got you at 
three losses, four losses? What did you have? I, I think I have four losses there. Four losses. Um, but I think I could see them being a 13 and four team. The one I'm a little unsure about is week one. The Steelers are really good at home in week one, but the Niners are better than the Steelers. The Niners um, are going to open as a three or four point favorite. I, I would say that game could go either way, um, but I, I think I think that could be a loss. So I could see the Niners at twelve and five. Interesting, um, interesting, interesting. I I know the Niners lost on the road last year in Chicago. Granted, monsoon, uh, but make no means Trey Lance was the better quarterback in that game. It's just unfortunate that. We a couple of bonehead plays that happened, right, Larry? Like, like the breakdown on the defense, in my opinion, when Hufunga and Dre Greenlaw got miscommunicated, and next thing you know, Dante Pettis is just waving his hand wide open, and then it's a touchdown. That was the change of the game. That right there, and, that broken and you, play, the broken play, and, and you you don't account for those. You don't expect those to happen. Well, I mean, okay, let's go back to that game. People let's talk it, about. Baby. I saw somebody. I saw some people talking let's about that game. People were ripping Trey Lance today, going, "Well, you know, um, <clears throat> Justin Fields won that game in the monsoon." Okay, but that's that's revisionist history. If you go back and watch that game again, it wasn't that it rained. It was what it did to the field and where in the game it happened. When the rain happened, yes, exactly. If the rain had, if if the field conditions had had, you know, the the Bears already had their points at that point. The Niners needed offense when the when the field became just a quagmire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to me, that if if that rain comes in a different pattern, probably a different result. But you know, also you got to remember this: the Bears, the Bears are a team that notoriously are tough to beat in their place, and they are, you know, fodder on the road. That game was at Soldier, and they won it, you know. So Niners had a couple broken plays. They weren't really ready, you know. But I don't – to me, I don't – that that was about the Niners when they needed the offense to be there. The field was in such bad shape that there was no way to – to it became a factor. And Otherwise, I think they would have won that game. And there are other factors, right? You lose your starting running back, Elijah Mitchell. Now Jeff Wilson Jr. is coming into the game. So now you can't even run the ball sustainably the way you wanted to run the ball because your number one running back is out. And so now you got to insert the next guy. And it, it was just unfortunate. Yes, Debo did fumble the ball in that game. And then there were a couple of bonehead penalties by Dre Greenlaw in the same game. That like There was a lot of stuff for me to where – the Niners beat themselves, even with the monsoon. They still had opportunities. They couldn't get themselves off the field at the right times. And it was they weren't disciplined enough on defense. You just That's said it. it. I mean, they had two or three really untimely, costly penalties where they were being the more physical team, and they got 15-yard penalties and extended drives because of it. And that and a couple busted plays and Terrible weather at the end. That was it. That was enough to lose that game. I agree. I agree. And so I I brought that up because I understand how well the Steelers are at home. But yeah, week one. But this on their opening home openers. But you got to go back into history because they got a new quarterback in Kenny Pickett. I don't expect him to be great. I just don't. And 
I mean, if I had to toss up, it's going to really come down to Trey Lance versus Kenny Pickett, whoever's the starting quarterback, and things like that. But then when you look at the 49ers, I mean, the defenses are stout. I think the Niners have overall the better defense, and they travel well. Now, if the defense don't do dumb stuff like they did in that game, if they play a lot more discipline, and I just believe Wilkes is going to make sure his guys are disciplined. They're going to be a lot more aggressive but they got to be disciplined. Can't hit the quarterback late. You just can't. You just can't. Like, don't do it. Ease up. Back off. Do whatever you got to do. Don't keep them on the football field. Uh, Najee Harris, good running back. Is he CMC? No. Like, so I, I then we got Javon Hargrave to stop the run. So I really like our chances week one on the road so i know a lot of people feel like it could possibly be a loss it's a toss-up just because of history i think the niners usually travel well and when they start on the road they do damn they do damage it was just unfortunate that last year they had to also deal with the monsoon right i think that was part of i mean this one's matchups for me i mean this is tj watt on colton mckivitz alex highsmith on trent williams the steelers put a lot of heat on the quarterback um, you know, and their place is going to be rocking and rolling. Uh, they'll probably get a couple calls in their favor, you know, that, but at the same time, it's also going to be Nick Bosa probably going up against Broderick Jones and Broderick Jones's first NFL start and Nick Bosa could, could ruin the day. So, <laughs> um, and I think Colin McKivitz might fare well. I think he, I don't, I don't, I believe in the kid. Like I do too. And, but then there's also the Niner corners are going to have to stand up. You know, the Steelers added Allen Robinson. You got George Pickens, Deontay eh, Johnson. Eh, you know, they've got some decent eh, receivers. So it's going to be about can the Niners, you know, can the Niners block the Steeler rush? Can the Niner rush get to pick it? Um, that's where this game's going to be decided, I think. Matchups, guys. Matchups. Match Definitely in that one. Larry, it's been real. Uh, we're going to do, I got a couple of Super Chat contributions and things like that. I just wanted to read them, and then you can tell everybody where they can find you, and then you can send us home. I like when you take us out. You'll take us out, all right? So Sounds let's good. Go, let's get through these contributions real quick. It's Super Chat segment time right here on the Wayne Breezy Show, and here they are. I'm going to foghorn for all of them. Got a couple. Shout out to my man, Nick. It's the BK Show. Hmm. Burger BK, have it your way. BK, uh, another great one. What do you guys think about Riddick's comments regarding Darnold? Is this just another national media guy looking for attention, or is this something to it, or is there something to it? What do you think about the comments? You kind of briefly touched on it earlier. Well, yeah, I mean, Lewis Riddick went on with Rich Eisen, and he basically parroted what we've heard a lot, which is that people that he knows – um, <clears throat> inside sources, nameless, faceless sources have told him that Sam Darnold has a great shot to beat out Trey Lance and be the Niners starting quarterback and become the story of the year in the NFL. And that is what it would be. If Sam Darnold be, you know, beats out Brock Purdy and Trey Lance and becomes the unquestioned number one starter of the Niners, um, that is going to be the biggest surprise in the NFL this year, or definitely among them. Um, so all I got to say to that is that, you know, there's an awful lot of people who are spending an awful lot of time, to, you know, investing a lot of a lot of breath in Sam Darnold's going to shock the world. So obviously there's some belief that that's viable. I won't buy it until I see it. 
because I just think that Sam Darnold's got an elongated release. He turns the ball over. Um, he's dramatically inconsistent. The only thing that is consistent about Sam Darnold is how inconsistent he is. <laughs> um, and so I, I think Trey Lance, I think if, if the, if it's a fair fight, I think Trey Lance, uh, beats out Sam Darnold with ease. That'll be All my right. feeling on it. All right. And let's get to our last contribution. J dog from Boston. Listen, the Celtics play the heat tonight. Uh, and I can't wait. Yo, I was feeling like we don't have enough until I listened to you guys. The Eagles and Seahawks look like they have the talent to test us. What are your thoughts on this one? Shout out to J-Dog. Well, I mean, the Eagles are a tremendous team, right? I mean, you got two number one receivers in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. You got a true number one tight end in Dallas Goddard. You got a, a really good young quarterback in Jalen Hurts, and now you got a whole can full of backs. DeAndre Swift, Gainwell, Rashad Penny, Boston Scott. I mean, they're they, they got a lot of offensive weapons. They also, on paper, in on May the 17th here, have the best offensive line going. But, you know, who's to say who's going to be healthy? Um, Kelsey's a little bit older. Lane Johnson's a little bit older. They had tremendous health last year. Are they going to have that same health this year? We don't know. That's always the equalizer. And then on defense, you know, you can take away Javon Hargrave and plug in Jalen Carter. And if Jalen Carter is a total pros pro and he's totally this hardworking kid that that you put him in the Eagles culture and suddenly he's, uh, you know, reinvents himself as the hardest working guy. Yeah, then there's potential. They're better there. But this kid, for his biggest job interview of his life, showed up out of shape. And there's to me, there's there's some projection looking at Jalen Carter and I, I, I just think that, you know, is he going to be better than Hargrave? Maybe, but maybe not. And <clears throat> he's a great talent, but is he motivated? And then Fletcher Cox is getting older. Brandon Graham's getting older. Uh, their linebacking core, Nicholas Morrow, N'Kobe Dean. Um, I'm not that thrilled by their linebacking core. I love the, the Sidney Brown kid, but they also lost um, – Chauncey Gardner Johnson from their secondary. He's an alpha. He's a major playmaker. Bradbury had the year of his life last year. Can he bounce back and replicate that again? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So the Eagles are undoubtedly the best roster in the NFC, but they're projecting, you know, Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter to immediately hit the ground running and make an impact on their D line. I'm not convinced that's going to happen. You know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Jalen Carter, if he plays to his full potential, uh, could be better than Javon Hargrave. That's a big if. It's a big if. Huge if. Huge yeah. if. Uh, Larry, I, I appreciate you. Thank you guys for the Super Chat contributions. Uh, we appreciate it over here. Larry, I want you to uh, let everybody know where they can find you and what do you got going on next. And then you go ahead and send us home, man. Sounds good. Um, the Krug Show right here. I got the T-shirt on. The Krug Show on Love YouTube. Um, we just passed 18,000 subs. We've been at it for uh, 14 months now and loving it. Talk a ton of Niners, little Warriors, little Giants, but mostly Niners. And uh, as far as the rest of today, um, you know, me and, me and Breezy here at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. That's our slot. Then at 5.30 Pacific, uh, 8.30 Eastern, Raj from RSF 49ers is going to stop by. I uh, love Raj. Raj is always fun. We usually do it on Mondays, but we didn't couldn't make it work this Monday. So Raj at 5.30. And then at 8 o'clock tonight, 
uh, Damon Bruce will stop by. He's starting his own YouTube channel. And uh, so we'll, we'll do a little hit with Damon Bruce. And then uh, tomorrow, uh, Vish will stop by on the channel. We'll do a little uh, little Vish stuff tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And then um, Friday, Jack Hammer is going to be in the house on the channel. And then uh, Saturday, we're hoping to hook up with Jack Coletto of the Niners and Ooh. get him on and, and chop it up with him. Spicy, spicy. Larry has a ton of shows. I got to get more stuff down so I can get to that 15K. But, Larry, I love you. Thank you so much for being here this week. I can't wait to chop it up with you on your channel. Take us home, baby. Breezy, you're the man. 3,000 on our way to 4,000 and onward and upward. The great Wayne Breezy. Anytime we hang, it's always a great, great time. Breezy, we'll see you next Wednesday. Yes, sir. Thanks for watching, guys. Stay up faithful. Peace.